The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Grid, Joe Pizzapia, Scott Bogman from In This League, taking you through fantasy sports today, right here on the grid on Sports Grid, where everybody wants to be, where the cool kids hang out. And I uh, hope you're enjoying today's programming as always. Craig Mish on vacation, so I am in the one chair. Uh, Bogman's in the two chair. I don't know if there's a three chair, if so, that's Brett. And uh, James is in an angry chair because he's still trying to get over the Chiefs' loss. By the way, Bogman, I just saw something very funny on the Twitter machine. I thought I'd ask you this question. It says, after 35, men must make a decision to either really get into World War II history documentaries or really into smoking various meats. I want to pose this question to you. Why do I have to choose? Yeah, I don't know why you have to choose. Uh, I'm not into cooking or watching old documentaries, so I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, I, and I'm well past 35 at this point, so um, I don't know. Uh, I, I live in an apartment complex, so it's kind of hard to uh, you know cook things like you know smoke meats and stuff because we're not allowed to. Yeah, have but you're a Texas boy, so I thought smoking like you know if you do make it back to Texas. I mean, I got to imagine Scott Bogman with a yard is going to have a smoker or something, right? I mean, oh, you got to have a trigger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that, right. yeah. If, if I, I moved to Texas and, and I'm in the yard and stuff, I'll have all that stuff. So, for I sure. mean, I got a trigger. I'm in Jersey, for God's sake. So, and, right, and for me, right. it's Civil War documentaries, not World War II. So, I've already well hit. I, I tick all the boxes, the over 35 boxes of. of, of yeah. But, but I, don't like is, uh, I don't like the uh, IPAs. I don't do that. IP, IPAs are fine. I don't drink that much uh, anymore either. I, after 35, it was like, those hangovers are punishing. You know? <laughs> they are, they are two-day hangovers now. So I have uh, ratcheted my drinking way back. I uh, used to be a big drinker in my 20s. In my 30s, I have given uh, that not all the way up, but uh, I, I don't even drink on a consistent basis anymore. So, uh, But no, no World War II docs. I mean, they're interesting, right? But I'm not going to sit around and watch them. So I don't know. I'm into comedy shows. I like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and uh, stuff like I that. Know, you're so, uh, get me to try to watch that. I'm going to have to start that now. The NFL's over. I got some more time. I finished Shit's Creek, so now I got a little bit more time. And I maybe that'll be the next sitcom I take on. So I need to catch up on, on, on that one. I haven't, I haven't caught the end. I've watched like, the oh, first so two good. seasons. So, so hilarious. Yeah. And the last, last season is just spectacular. Go, go, <laughs> go. After this, you got to stick around for the rest of today. All right, let's talk about the headlines here for hour two, and let's get after it and see what's going on in the world of sports. The Celtics will take on the Jazz tonight. That's going to be 
fun. Uh, I love the Jazz. I love watching them play. And Brett knows they're my favorite team to watch because they play basketball, which is something you don't see a lot of a basketball. They play defense and they move the ball around. Number 14, West Virginia travels to number seven, Texas Tech in the Big 12. The 13 winningest programs in CBB history, all outside of the top 25. Uh, Purdue, the 14th winningest program, currently ranked 24th. And Serena and Venus are in action tonight at the Australian Open. A little tennis action for you, Boggs. Uh, do you watch the tennis? I'm just curious. And I did call it the tennis just now. And I know you're a big sports guy, but I don't know where you draw the line. Do you watch the golf? Do you watch the tennis? No golf, no tennis for me. And I, our boy Casey Bubba gets mad at me every time uh, because I live in Arizona. So I should be a golf person. But as you mentioned at the very top of this show, Joe, this is early for me right now. Yeah. I mean, this is usually when I'm about to uh, wake up, uh, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm very, very, very much a night owl, which was I was just about to make fun of you for bringing up this Boston and, and uh, Utah game. Like that game starts at 10 o'clock for you. I'm sure yeah, you're going to be watching a lot of the jazz game. So no, come on. No, yeah, I watch, no, you know what I do? I watch the YouTube nine minute versions of the game, which I love. <laughs> I can watch I can yeah. watch them all because. Look, you know, regular season NBA comes down to the fourth quarter anyway. So, I mean, like, and it's it's fun actually too because I've been able to watch a couple with my daughter. So she's been, you know, she's a big basketball player. She loves basketball. So she's been getting into it a little bit too, starting to like know who the players are and things like that. And uh, so that's been you fun. Choose a little, between, you got to choose between the Jazz or the Civil War doc, Joe. What's it going to be? You know, what, I mean? oh, what are you going to go to sleep no, no. to? Yeah. It's gonna be Ken Burns in the in, the, in 1864 when they rode up the hill. No, it's it's totally gonna. That was my go-to sick thing too. Like you know when you have like when you're sick, like before you have kids and, and you don't have kids, so you can still do this. Whenever you're sick, you have that indulgent thing that you watch. Always a Ken Burns document, like Ken Burns baseball, Ken Burns Civil War, whatever it is. Like that's it. I know I can nod out during it, and, and you know, Never Price is right while you're sick. Prices, <laughs> right? All, all those. That's what I used to watch. That was more in my childhood, but I mean, like when you get a little older and more sophisticated, bugs, uh, you know. A yeah. Little well, more I don't have kids, so I'm not constantly sick like all you people with kids are. So, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, no. I, I have no, no kids. Still sick. No, 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 no. See, here's the difference: we're still sick as adults. You just can't indulge it. You have to just go about your day. You go to work. You do all the things. You cook dinner. You do the laundry. You take out the trash, and you you're just you have 103 fever. You just live. And you just learn to soldier on. That is the difference, my friend. That is the difference. By the way, I know people are all up in arms about the the no DH thing right now. Did anybody think the health and safety guidelines were going to put a DH? Like, who thought that was going to be on the table in the same discussion? What? That's stupid, right? Yeah, I think they just thought, hey, MLB and the MLBPA are getting together in the same room. This has to be to work on the DH, and no, it was not even close. They're they're not messing with it at all. So uh, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to bump up that uh, you know revenue sharing for the playoffs to get the DH. That's how what it's gonna have to be. Yeah, uh, I gotta tell you, man, it's gonna be. Uh... It's going to be a long next year offseason when that CBA comes up. Oh, it's going to be a PR disaster. But let's talk football instead. When we come back, Bogman and I are going to continue our early 2021 rankings, and we're going to talk about the quarterbacks. So don't go anywhere. Who's the top of the top? Oh, you'll find out. We'll be right back right after this. Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. In the words of Al Pacino, in any given Sunday, you're the quarterback. You're the leader of a team. And Scott Bogman, when you're looking at the, the fantasy quarterbacks and all the rankings that you're doing at quarterbacks, it's an embarrassment of riches here, too. We have great quarterbacks, Scott, and uh, we are blessed with probably the most athletic group of quarterbacks these brown eyes have ever laid eyes upon. And uh, it's still Patrick Mahomes at the top of that list, I am sure. I did see a very funny TikTok video at the break of um, – their impression of Patrick Mahomes, uh, a bunch of guys got together and did Patrick Mahomes at the Super Bowl, and it was uh, uh, a ball getting hiked, and then seven guys jumping on top of him, which was hilarious. I really enjoyed that. It, was, <laughs> it just kept doing it over and over and over and over again in different ways, and I felt bad for the kid who was playing Patrick Mahomes, but he did have a helmet on, so that was nice. Uh, but Mahomes is still the number one going into next year. It can't be anybody else, right? I mean, once again, we're going to always debate number one because it's fun to do that. Josh Allen was great. Murray was great. Lamar was unbelievable out of his mind two years ago finished strong but it's still Mahomes number one going in am I correct yeah it's Mahomes I think Josh Allen makes a pretty uh good case if anybody else does so but but it's Mahomes it's Mahomey uh they still have no run game so Clyde Edwards-Alaire should be much better in his second year uh Lev Bell should be gone but you know Williams is going to come back too so that might be a three-headed monster CEH might not be um, you know, the the player that everyone thought he was going to be uh, going in here, and, and me included. I, I was not putting him in the first round, but I really no, did love either. the landing spot. Um, I love the landing spot. The first round was just too, so ridiculous. The, the first round grade was so dumb, and it was and it was all based upon old data from Philadelphia, which I hated. Like, so right. much of it was like, well, look what Andy Reid did in Philadelphia here, and then with this guy in Philadelphia. And I'm like, bro, that was ages ago. The game is different now. And he didn't have Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he had Donovan McNabb, very good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but it's not Mahomes. Yeah, he, he's just he's stupid. Andy Reid also won no Super Bowls in Philly. You know what I mean? So uh, he's won a Super Bowl in Kansas City. It's a different team. So uh, right. it's it's completely different. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you can compare him to Brian Westbrook. I think it's a decent comp. But, uh, you know, the offenses are running differently and you're not going to pay a guy a half a billion dollars and then not let him throw the ball as many times as he wants to every single game. So, uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the guy. He's the number one quarterback. 
how high can he go? I think you mentioned it as you were saying as Al Pacino, you know, uh, there there is an embarrassment. Yeah, a quarterback. You know, flash in the pan. What are you doing? Quarterback. Oh, why is Jamie Foxx? I need Dennis Quaid and Jamie Foxx right now. Where's it going? All right. (laughs) Uh, now, who's he doesn't give a gee whiz about preparation. Uh, I, I, I don't give a he don't, he don't care about anything going on. I want to know at one point in time, too, Al Pacino was from the South. Like, he's from Brooklyn. I don't want to, or the Bronx or wherever he's from. I, I, I don't know. Like, at some point in his life, he's like, oh, everybody, come on down, Al Pacino. We're going to. We're gonna have some smoked meat. We're gonna do all sorts of things. Like I don't understand. Like he's he's from where I grew up, and he doesn't like no one talks like that. It's very weird. He's played everything. Yeah, he's played everything. So uh, like Josh Allen has for uh, the Buffalo. (laughs) I say there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Josh Allen. Lamar could be number one, and no one would bat an eye. Who's your let, let's let's do that. One's Mahomes. Who's your two? Because Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. I'll even put Deshaun Watson in that conversation potentially too, if you want to play that game. But who's your number two, or or is this the right ranking? Because I feel like this is the safe ranking. Where based off last year, Josh Allen, uh, based off what you saw with the legs and and the first half of Kyler Murray, and you hope that he stays healthy. You put it maybe just a tick above Lamar Jackson because of Hopkins, because he can also score points with the arm. But Lamar's second half has got to put him into four. And then Watson, I guess, with the unsure situation. To me, this seals like the very safe top five. Would you agree with that? It is a safe top five. My number two is just always going to be Lamar. Uh, I'm going to keep putting Lamar in there until he doesn't run for 1,000 yards. And I think they need to adjust the offense. You talked about how Marquise Brown hasn't impressed you so far. They're not using him correctly, and they're not letting Lamar throw the way he did at Louisville either. They always have him moving around on the run, uh, running an RPO. He's fine with the RPOs, but you got to protect him. You, you got to right. let him sit in the pocket. He's a good pocket passer, but and they for a guy that runs the pocket in Baltimore, Boggs, they, we know this. That offensive line, they're good at run blocking, they're but they are rolling not good him at out too much. They're rolling him out too much, and he didn't do that at Louisville. He didn't roll out so much and, and throw the ball. He did you know, a decent amount of it. But for a guy that runs as much as Lamar does, he is much more comfortable throwing the ball from a clean pocket. So they got to adjust the offense a little bit to where you know he's going to be able to sit in that pocket and throw the ball more. And they do need a better secondary option. You had Marquise Brown, who was still a young player. He missed a lot of his rookie year. You know, Coming in and and uh, you know being the number one, I think he's a better complementary wide receiver. I think you got to put a big pass catcher in there with him. It was Mark Andrews uh, last year, but Mark Andrews was banged up the whole right. year. He, and when he was playing, he was playing banged up as well. So get someone much better than Miles Boykin or Willie Sneed. And Willie Sneed very underrated and all that stuff. But you need to get a big body wide out in there. Test yeah, Bryant you need Alan Robinson. Out. That's what you need. Allen Robinson that offense. That you put Allen Robinson would make there. Me I, think, feel, uh, yeah, I know but, but you'd hate it, it as a Steelers fan, him. but yeah. it would be great for him. Great for that team. Uh, Dak Prescott, I have at six, which makes a lot of sense because uh, look, let's not forget how great Dak was. I mean, Dak was putting up just gaudy numbers there to start the season, and, and you know, just because he got hurt doesn't mean we should ignore him. Uh, now, as we turn the page, MVP Aaron Rodgers is going to start off the rankings at seven, which is where I think he should be. I know he's the MVP, but he is not 
quite the same fantasy quarterback going into next year as the other guys. I'm sorry, he's just not for me. Russell Wilson, also very safe. So if you want to wait on quarterback and get some value there in the sixth round or something like that, fifth round, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, those guys will be here. Herbert at nine, Tannehill at 10. Certainly they deserve the top 10 rankings. I think we can agree on that. And then I've got Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford actually pulled up the rear at 12. Now, Tom Brady's not in this. And, you know, when I told Tom Brady no, he got mad at me and tried to punch me in the face because that's what Tom Brady does. But um, in, in your opinion, is this the right 12? Is there a different order or is somebody missing that you would like to put into this group? Uh, I don't know that I would have Burrow as high as you have him just because that injury happened late in the season. It's a long recovery. You know, he's expected to be back by week one. I hope he is. But, uh, you know, there's a good chance that he, I mean, he's definitely missing OTAs. He could miss uh, training camp. He, he could miss uh, some preseason games as well. So I think Burrow might, might be a little too high. And I think Stafford, with the Rams might be a little low. We've seen what Sean McVay can do with a, a quarterback in um, in Jared Goff that we know is kind of a goofball and all that stuff. How about a guy <laughs> super seriously and it's an absolute stud? And that's what Stafford is. He's just been mired in Detroit. And I think you might have Rodgers a little low. Now, just imagine they lose Aaron Jones. Uh, they they uh, add another wide receiver as well. I mean, the dude just led the league in points per game as far as quarterbacks go. And, uh, you know, the only guy that to even sniff 30, 29.95 last year. So four guys in that uh, 29 range, and he was one of them. So I think I would put him uh, – I think I would put him ahead of Prescott but and maybe ahead of Watson depending on where he lands. Bogman, you know me a long time. Did you really think that I was going to put Aaron Rodgers ahead of those guys? Come on. You know how I no, feel about Aaron Rodgers. No, come, on, come on, you know. won the MVP, Joe, and they're losing Jones, most likely losing Jones, and adding a wide receiver. Come on. Don't live in the past. Live in the now. Deshaun Watson freed up. So right Dak Prescott MVP. Joe, come on. What are you talking about? Eh, I don't care about it. But, uh, you know, real quick, 10 seconds. Which L.A. quarterback you like more, Herbert or Stafford? Stafford. Wow. Intense stuff. All right. When we come back, Boggs and I are going to go talk about the running backs, what the order is. Boy, this is the most important one, so we saved it for last because opinions are going to vary, let's just say. So stick around for Fantasy Force with me and Scotty B. We'll be right back right after this. Stay on that grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. running back position it usually dominates the first round but this year the first round dominated all of us it was not pretty nope in fact it was ugly it was an ugly ugly position this year for the most part a few bright spots a few gems but not quite enough really to make up for all of the loss and i do mean loss because that first round was absolutely unmitigated a disaster, Scott Bogman, for most of us in fantasy sports, and most of those guys that got hurt were indeed running backs. So going into this year, <clears throat> look, I mean, the board is what the board is. There's so much talent there to take. There's so many downsides as well. But going into it, are you somebody in the first round is going to go right back into that pool for the running backs, or are you going to say, no, no, give me Devontae Adams to start my team, give me Travis Kelsey to start my team, and I'm going to kind of push running back aside. How do you approach running back right now knowing what the pool is as we enter this season i'm not flinching as far as taking a running back i, th I think you need to I, I did the bit of taking michael thomas in a bunch of leagues this year i still made the playoffs you know why i made the playoffs show was because while michael thomas was hurt i didn't take those first round running backs who also got hurt so my running backs <laughs> actually kind of stayed healthy uh so i i was okay based on that but you got to go right back to the well. Look, if you take a running back and he gets hurt, guess what? It's going to happen to everyone. So you're going to be in the same boat. You hope it's not your first-round pick. Sometimes it is. Most of the time it is, apparently. So running backs are going to get banged up. We know that. Uh, we've seen it before. But you got to take them still. So I'm not flinching on CMC. I'm not flinching on Barkley and uh, any of these guys. Um, and I know I even mentioned before the 370 carry mark is going to be a huge knock against Derrick Henry this year. And it doesn't really matter. I mean, you're going to go right back to the well. He was amazing. Uh, there's a couple decent running backs coming out in the draft too. So um, I'm, I'm going RB1 in 95% of my drafts. They're all going to be running backs. No wide receivers for me. All right. So let's have the debate at number one, because this one's a little trickier. You can really make a case for a lot of guys here. In fact, in my opinion, you can make a case for all, I would say, three of these first few guys for number one overall. So Christian McCaffrey had that moniker two years in a row. We put him there again after this season being hurt. Are you okay with that? Are you flinching at all on Christian McCaffrey? You have the 1-1 one, one pick. Is CMC where you're going? Joe, you know I was CMC. I was Team CMC before he was the number one overall pick. And uh, I am absolutely going right back to CMC. Look, even when he came back and they, they Mike Davis had been running well, and you think, okay, now they're probably going to split him up since he's just coming back. No, he got 30 touches again because he's too good to take off the field. They need to ratchet him back, but it's hard. It's hard to take a guy like uh, him who is that explosive. And uh, my favorite word to describe any type of running back, dynamic, 
Um, oh, dynamic. You hate dynamic. I know that. I do. I hate it's Aaron Rodgers like he hates dynamic, boys and girls, just so everybody d- knows. Dynamic is just a nondescript word. Like he, you know, Tyreek Hill is dynamic, right? But so is Mike Evans. And they're both dynamic in different ways. So if you can use the same word to describe two players that are completely different, it makes no sense. So, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. But Christian McCaffrey is elite. He is going to catch 100 right. balls. He is going to run for uh, over 1,000 yards. He's going to catch for 1,000 yards. He's going to get all the touchdowns he can handle. So he is absolutely my number one uh, until he, you know, uh, his leg falls off. So no, he's not uh, anymore. He's Right. All right. So let's do number two. Uh, you could put Kamara in there, but once again, you want to talk about downside of Taysom Hill being quarterback. My goodness, forget it. Yeah. I don't even want to think about this. That's why I'm praying that it's Winston or somebody else. And I think it will be. I really don't think it's going to be Taysom Hill. Dalvin Cook, I think, is the safer of the two to be number two, especially with Saquon coming off an injury. And if you want to be super safe, I still think Derrick Henry can go one more year at this pace. I don't think he's going to lead the league in rushing again, but I do think he can go one more year at this sort of elite level because he is a freak of nature in terms of size. He did not have the same workload over the past couple of years uh, as some other guys as he got into like his rookie season and things like that. So, yes, the tread has been a lot on the tires the last two years, but the other years before that, not as much. So I just want to put that in a little context and perspective because I think it's important. So for you, is the order CMC, Cook, Kamara, Barkley, Henry, and then Nick Chubb? I have it six, but I love Nick Chubb. I don't care if Kareem Hunt's there. It does not matter to me one bit. I think he is a top six, maybe even top five. I understand with Kamara, there's a chance you can reorder this completely and drop Kamara down potentially. But in your opinion, if these are the six guys I give you, what's the way you order them? And where is Saquon? Yeah, Saquon for me, uh, we're going to have to see what happens as far as his recovery goes. If he's back for OTAs, he's my two. If he's wow. uh, out for if he's out for OTAs and he is maybe questionable for training camp, uh, we'll see if he gets in a preseason game, even though we expect none of these guys to play a lot in the preseason, of course. But um, if he's back for the preseason, he's, he's probably going to be my number two as well. I mean, Barkley is just – uh, an otherworldly running back. He is uh, one of the best that I've ever seen as far as college and the pros rank go. Uh, so he will be my number two should he be healthy. Right now, I would probably have Kamara as my two, Cook as my three, and Barkley at four uh, today as it stands. But uh, if we see Barkley going back, he's up there. And look, I, I know you're low on Zeke, but uh, with that coming back, that offense being better, C.D. Lamb in his second year, um, and McCarthy being there for a second year, even though you and I both are not the biggest Mike McCarthy fans, but it breeds a little consistency there. So I think Zeke might need to be in that mix as well. Look, uh, I've got Zeke outside of the top five. I got him outside of the top six. I'm worried about Zeke. This is a guy that has a lot of tread on the tires. This is not the same offensive line that it was a couple years ago when he came into the league either. True. And there's so many options in this offense. C.D. Lamb, I think, is going to take off like a rocket ship next year. You put him and Cooper together, and you got Gallup there. I mean, like, we'll see who all comes back, and we'll see if Dak is indeed there. But I've got Jonathan Taylor at number seven. I want youth at running back. I- I'm sick of – dealing with the old guys and being part of guys when they drop off completely. We've seen it with running backs before, guys that we love, the guys we think are stalwarts. You go that one extra year and it all falls apart. So I got Taylor at seven. He had a monster second half, and so did David Montgomery. You can interchange those two for me. 
Um, I just put Taylor in there just because of how much I like that offensive line personally. So I have, I have a lot of, I guess, a faith in that. Uh, I have Zeke at nine. And then after that, I think 10, 11, 12 is completely up for debate. If you want to throw Antonio Gibson into that mix, okay. If you want to throw DeAndre Swift into that mix, okay. If you want to throw Najee Harris, who, depending on where he lands, I might want to throw him into this mix. 10, 11, 12 right now, let's call it half PPR, just so everybody's miserable then. Uh, Austin Eckler, Cam Akers, and J.K. Dobbins is what I have there because I feel pretty good about their roles. I feel good about Eckler being able to catch the football. I feel good about Cam Akers after watching him in the second half. He had some monstrous games. He had a good playoff. And J.K. Dobbins, look, what do you have, like, what, seven touchdowns in six straight games or something like that? Unbelievable for him. I think we're just scratching the surface of what he's going to be, and I'm not worried if they add another wide receiver. So – I know you don't like where Zeke is, but what do you think of the rest of this list? Is this a good order for you? Do you want to change some guys? And am I missing somebody in your opinion? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think you're probably missing James Robinson. Uh, I, I know he was an undrafted free agent, but you you put James Robinson in there with Trevor Lawrence. I think he could be an absolute stud. Uh, and I think I love the guy personally, but I think you're too high on David Montgomery because, you know, don't forget – Tariq Cohen's coming back, and Nagy loves Tariq Cohen. It loves moving him around. These guys should be able to coexist, uh, and they should be running the ball more because Mitch Trubisky is probably going to stay the quarterback in Chicago, although who knows? The musical chairs at quarterback in the NFL is going to be wild in this offseason. But I think Montgomery needs to be lowered a little bit just because of Matt Nagy's penchant to use Tariq Cohen, Cordell Patterson, playing running back and God knows where they're going to draft someone or sign someone uh, to mess this whole situation up for him. I actually kind of hope that if they trade for a quarterback, that Montgomery goes back to wherever they trade for uh, so that he can, you know, get open or he can be a, a piece that they move during the draft perhaps to move up or something. So I would like to see that for sure. But um, this is a pretty good list. Acres is good. Uh, you would think Detroit, now that they have Goff, they probably need to lean on DeAndre Swift a little bit more as well. And Travis Etienne is another good running back, depending on where he ends up. Could be, uh, you know, probably not in the top 12, but right on that borderline if he ends up in a really good spot. Well, look, we've only done it twice, you and I in the Black Book, for the last 10 years, <clears throat> where a rookie made it into that top tier into the RB1 and it was Ezekiel Elliott and we had him at 10 and I think he finished at five that year or four or something like that and then the other one was Saquon Barkley who had at six so I think finished at three so you know what we're very careful of when we did not put CEH in there I remember the year everyone had CJ Anderson coming off that big year in Denver in the first round we did not know no 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 but Najee Harris, depending on where he ends up, oh, Boggs, I am awfully tempted. And I know tomorrow we're going to talk more college football with Bogman because we have an expert with us here. So we're going to talk draft, the needs of all the teams. You know, Bogman, it was just kind of occurred to me real quick before we head out here. If you're in a 10-team league, it's very possible if you have the 1-1 pick that you could take McCaffrey. For some reason, maybe people are down on Michael Thomas. You can get him at two and Patrick Mahomes in the beginning of the third round. Man. And just not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. I'd rather take Waller or, or, or yeah. you know, I don't think Kelsey's fallen, but Waller there would be amazing too. So, yeah, one is going to be a great spot to pick from this year. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I thought one was going to be good this year. I never have ones and twos. I had a bunch of ones and twos, and I had a bunch of CMC and Barkley. Did not work out. It's not uh, 
not too happy about how that all worked out, but that's okay. That was my fantasy reality. And we come back, we're going to do a little fantasy or reality with our good pal, Scott Bachman. So stick around for that. Also, we're going to talk about the Mets making another signing. Where does this guy end up in your fantasy now? Well, we'll tell you. Stick around. More fantasy sports today, right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And Scott Bogman taking you through. And uh, we got a little baseball news to talk about, too, because uh, it looks like the Mets have made another addition. Look at that. Steve Cohn comes in, starts making it rain everywhere. Jonathan VR is going to sign with the Mets, give him a little infield depth, a little outfield depth. He can play a little center field, play a little second base, play a little third base, and do a couple things. Now, from a fantasy perspective, this is somebody that we've had our eyes on for years. He's had some great seasons, Boggs. And some really bad seasons as well. He is a very hit or miss player. So there's a part of me that looks at this and people will kind of write him off now because, well, he'll be a guy that maybe plays four games a week or something like that. But we all know injuries happen. So I actually think this becomes a sneaky good ad. I actually like this because I think it's going to suppress his value in upcoming baseball drafts. And you know VR does have stolen base potential regardless. And the less those stolen bases cost, the better off they are. So if you've got like two utility spots and things like that, you know what? If VR plays, especially in those head-to-head category leagues, like I know like Welsh plays in a lot and you do too. VR, I think, still has some value despite the fact theoretically right now he is just a bench player. But we all know one injury changes that and his versatility opens up a door. So a good signing for the Mets. I think a good signing for fantasy, although it's not an everyday job, but I know you kind of see things differently. You're kind of bummed out that he's not an everyday player somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I actually kind of like drafting VR where he's going right now and, uh, you know, somewhere in the 150 range-ish. So uh, I I don't like this move for his value, but you talked me into it a little bit, Joe. You know, just uh, the, the fact that he is going to be – sinking like a stone as far as his ADP goes because he's not an everyday player. And um, I, I just – this situation with the Mets, and, and they're doing – you know, they're, they're doing what the Dodgers are doing. They keep adding good pieces to their team. You can't blame any team for doing that, of course. But, you know, now 
we know there's no DH at this point. Maybe there will be. Probably not, it looks like. But, uh, you know, J.D. Davis is playing third. VR is going to get some days there. Uh, Dominic Smith can play in the outfield. J.D. Davis can play in the outfield. VR right. can play in the outfield. How are they going to move these three guys around, really? And, you know, do you think this also potentially could hurt Dominic Smith? Because we heard the Mets talk about how they don't want to play him in the outfield. They don't feel comfortable. And when Pete Alonso's on a heater, you can't take Alonso out of the lineup. And you're probably not no. going to be able to take him out of the lineup most days. So, you're going to have to suck it uh, up and play Dominic Smith in the outfield. That's what's going to come down to. And because it doesn't right. look like you're going to get the DH, it looks like the owners are going to be stubborn and hold it over them. And it's funny because they don't want it, but they know it's inevitable. So they're just going to give it to them like, well, here's what you want, guys. Like they're doing them some kind of damn favor. Meanwhile, we all know it's a predetermined outcome. So it's just such a farce. But yeah, don't get me started, cranky old man. I'm gonna get out on the porch, get my rocking chair, my shotgun. Let's let's do a <laughs> fantasy reality. I'm gonna make a statement, and we're gonna determine if it's fantasy or reality. Scott Bogman, are you ready to play? I'm ready to play. Let's go. I'm looking forward to it. Let's do it. Okay, fantasy or reality? Mike Trout will miss the playoffs again in 2021. The best player in baseball, and he's never relevant in October got three games in his career right going into last year playing uh in the playoffs it's just terrible you look at this rotation and honestly man Andrew Heaney okay he's got some good starts Dylan Bundy was very good last year small sample size but good but I'm a little concerned Jose Quintana Alex Cobb Griffin Canning and of course the Shohei Otani experiment which I think is never going to work it's like fetch can we just stop making it happen every time this guy pitches he gets hurt and then he doesn't hit and I just want him to hit he's good enough at hitting just let him hit go to Otani say look you're you're a good investment just go hit because every time you pitch you get hurt and then you do nothing uh, what do you think fantasy reality is Mike Trout going to miss the playoffs again this year because of this rotation Reality. Uh, I mean, look, you have one of the best players in baseball, and it's unfortunate that we never get to see him play in the playoffs. It's an unfortunate sequence of events for the Angels and Mike Trout here. He also, you know, plays on the West Coast. We know there's the East Coast bias because these games always go late uh, into one o'clock in the morning. My wheelhouse. I love staying up to watch some of those games, especially the ones that go into extras and are on until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning my time. I love that stuff. But, uh, you know, he, he plays late. He doesn't play in the playoffs that much. So uh, for as amazing a player as he is and the perennial MVP candidate, you know, there's a lot of people that don't get to see Mike Trout play that often. So right. it sucks. And he's the face of the game. It's reality. The face of the game. Nobody sees him in October, and half the league, bear, half the fan base doesn't really get to see much of him during the year. It's a, it's a criminal, criminal charge right here. Uh, well, this right, team this that your Mets are putting together, this team that your Mets are putting together, Francisco Lindor is about to be the face of baseball. So uh, uh, he he's going to be great God. there. <laughs> I, I he's going to be I playing in the playoffs. I mean, all that stuff. So I love Lindor. Lindor is just, and I, I loved him when he was, you know, what a, a minor league player. I was a big Lindor guy, and people laughed at me when I said he's going to hit thirty home runs. I go, "What are you crazy?" I'm like, "Dude, have you seen this guy's biceps? Man, this guy is jacked. I know he's slender, but he is ripped, man." I remember I saw him in BP once with the no sleeves on, and the dude was yoked. And I'm looking at him like, "Dude, this guy hit you know forty doubles last year. He's going to hit thirty five home runs. And guess oh, what?" Right. He had 35 home runs that year. So uh, <laughs> next one I'm going to have to go first because it's, well, it's about Scott Bogman. And Scott Bogman, for those of you who don't know, is, uh, let's just say he 
bleeds black and gold. He is a huge Pittsburgh Steeler guy. Uh, no, no towel in his house that is not terrible. They're all, everyone from the kitchen towels to the bathroom towels. So fantasy reality, Bogman is annoyed that Antonio Brown has a ring now. I'm going to say reality. I think he's a little annoyed. I don't think he's like, yeah, you know what? It was some good years. AB's crazy. He took a lot of shots to the head, and I'm happy for him. Good. You know, he got his money. He got his bonus. I think Bogman's still mad. I think he's salty about it. That's what I think. I could be wrong, but I'm going to say reality. He is still annoyed, but only one person can truly answer this question, and it's you, Scott Bogman. So are you? Are you still salty? Are you annoyed that Antonio Brown just got a ring? I mean, you set this up as a question, Joe, and you know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I absolutely am. Uh, look, Antonio Brown, th- there's a lot of stuff going on with him. And, and look, I think the bottom line is I'm glad that he is back in the NFL and, you know, attempting to become a better person and all that stuff. Obviously, there was some, uh, you know, some, it felt like after that perfect hit, he went off the rails, and, and I'm not yeah. going to say that that was the only contributing factor, but that might have, you know, pushed him over the edge. So uh, I'm glad that he's back together. But yeah, you go out like that and you act like a big giant baby on your way out. It rubs people the wrong way, and it rubbed me the wrong way. The things that he said about Ben. Now he did go on his apology tour. You know, he did Apology 2020 after No White Women 2020 that he tweeted out. Uh, he went on the ap- apology tour, and nobody cared. You know, uh, because that's that's not going to make. Uh, highlights or news reels or anything. No one's going to be like, well, hey, look, AB is going around amending uh, fences. Nobody cares about that. So he no, did enough. Out to me. No. He, he, that that's yeah, yeah. It's not going to make the news in 2020. So uh, you know, he he did a little bit of that. So I'm less annoyed than I would have been if he would have won last year. But uh, I'm I am still annoyed with it. But um, you know, it was either him or Lev were going to get a ring. So I, I was going to lose either way, Joe. Well, LaShawn McCoy just won back-to-back rings, and he played zero snaps in either game. Right. Yeah, that is that is a hilarious uh, anecdote there. So uh, get those two rings; those will be on sale soon enough. So <laughs> he's got he's got one for each finger now, and he's like, "I got two rings and no snaps. <laughs> Look at me, I'm LaShawn McCoy." <laughs> All right, last one here. Um, honestly, there's been a, a lot of people upset. Everyone's always upset about the refs, and the refs cost us the game. And and look, you know, sometimes this does happen in that one big play at the end of a game and things like that. But look, there's always going to be bad calls in the refs. But it feels to me like every time a team loses, that fan base, and, and I'm going to include all my fan bases too in this, the fan bases typically start to then whine and moan about the refs. At the end of the day, you got to make more plays. You got to score more points. You got to score more runs than the other team, regardless of what the refs do or don't do to you. So that being said, here's a very provocative question. Scott Bogman, using the refs, quote unquote, is a lame excuse for losing, fantasy or reality? Yeah, I mean, what do you all want to be Seahawks fans? So yeah, absolutely. Losing losing and blaming the refs is just a chicken-ass way uh, to explain your team. It's it's terrible. Uh, it's not the way to go. And, and and look, there were bad calls in that game, but you're going to have bad calls. And, and uh, you know, nothing was rigged. People trying to make this. It, it is weird that uh, the, uh, the lady ref, I, I, her name escapes me right now, but her son, I saw in an article, his name is Brady. 
and he's 12 years old. And, uh, you know, that that was a funny uh, little piece of news to come out after the Super Bowl, of course. But I, I don't know, man. You know, there, there were some bad calls in this game, like there are in every game. But you can't blame, you know, those bad calls, the, the majority of them happened in the second quarter. You have another half of football to get right and, uh, you know, score some points. It's not the rest's fault that the Chiefs scored zero touchdowns. You know, the only touchdown they had in Tampa Bay was when the plane landed. So, you know, uh, that that is not on the refs at all. So I, I hate that excuse. I hate the Seahawks using it as an excuse for Super Bowl 40. I, I am, yeah, and I'm sick and tired of every fan base doing that. And I just think that anytime you hear that, you know this person is a casual fan. Either this person is a casual fan or this person has nothing else going on in their life outside of watching football, which is worse than being a casual fan. So uh, blaming the refs is an in vogue thing that should not be in vogue. My God, I have to pick up this microphone that you just dropped because that was some serious stuff, baby. <laughs> I, like it. I like that. I'm with you, man. It's a reality. It's just completely lame. I'm sick and tired of it. You see it in every sport. Oh my God, the refs cost it today. That was too hard. We would have won, but 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 they blew the call. And look, it happens. It happens. Maybe you shouldn't let the game get so close. Maybe if you went out there and dominated, it wouldn't matter. I'm just saying. And look, like, there, there are calls. Where, there are plenty of calls where teams have a valid reason to complain sure. about. Sure, uh, of course you know, they do. They happen at a but bad time in the game. The Saints. The, the Saints, that was a terrible call. Absolutely. And a terrible they, call. They got hosed because of that. But it wasn't the entire game. It happened at a bad time in the game. But it wasn't the entire game. The tuck rule, you know, uh, I, I still agree with what Charles Woodson had to say about the tuck rule way back in the day. So uh, there are bad calls. It's going to happen. But it's part of the game. You know what I mean? Until we get robot umps and robot refs, uh, everything is going to be that's the other throw, but we have that now. We have all the technology in place. We have a camera inside the pylon on top of somebody's hat. We got py we got cameras inside people's helmets. We got cameras and, everywhere. And yet we everything. still don't know what a catch is, right? Like, like uh, you know, James and I were talking about this before the show started. You know, we, we got to get the, – the refs need to be paid more money. They need to be full-time employees. They need to have that benefits. I believe. They, need to be, they need to be working on referee stuff all off-season – and not just during the season. They don't need to be lawyers and long-haul truck drivers and all that nonsense either. So I think if you did that and treated your, your players better, would have all this controversy because the, the plays would be called better. Well, you know, it's hard because the NFL doesn't make a lot of money. And it's really hard yeah. to all of a sudden go out there and, you know, pay them like full employees with insurance. The NFL is really hurting for cash at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can't tell if you're Pandemic up on the circle. I know. I mean, it was really hard. They only made $80 billion this year, probably. We'll be right back. More fan sports today right after this. Don't go anywhere. Your sports grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. 
But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hope you guys had fun today. We ain't done yet. But before we go, I want to remind everybody, if you did enjoy today, go check out Scott Bogman and the Welsh over on ITL. Again, in this league.com. Go to Patreon. Join the ITL Army. They cover NFL, NBA, MLB. They hang out here on Sports Grid with me, Joey P. And once again, see, I'm just I'm just bebopping and scatting all over here. It's time for our Sports Grid 60. So, Boggs, what's on your mind today? Uh, I might... Uh, for me, it's the ads in the Super Bowl. I thought uh, they were kind of lame this year. There were a couple good ones, a couple funny ones, but I, I'm kind of tired of seeing these big-name celebs in these ads. Just make them funny. Like, uh, you know, I was asking Bubba what his favorite, uh, you know, commercial from the Super Bowl was. Mine was, it, it is for a company that I think went under at this point, but it was like these Farmers and ranch hands were all, uh, you know, uh, it looked like they were rough and tumble. One of them was in a sling and stuff. And you just see all these cats in the background like you will constantly see in my background. Uh, and um, you know, what they had lint rollers and stuff. And they were herding the cats across the plains. And it was hilarious. No idea what business it was for uh, because it was a little too funny. But, like, the, the Doritos one, and I'm, I'm a Texas guy. I love Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. But that nacho, uh, that that nacho 3D c- commercial w- with him was lame. It, it was lame. I didn't think it was good. I, I'm tired of the celebs in the ads. Just make them funny. Make them better. All right. Well, you know what's lame for me is great coaches, players not getting in the Hall of Fame while they're still alive. Marty Schottenheimer passed away today. Marty Schottenheimer has more career wins in the NFL than Bill Parcells or Joe Gibbs or Chuck Knoll. Marty Schottenheimer was a great man of football, a player, a coach, a coach's coach, a player's coach, and by all accounts, one of the best guys ever. And he should be in the Hall of Fame, and he's not, and it's stunning. 200 wins. He's the only guy with 200 wins who's not in the Hall of Fame. He resurrected the Browns. He made the Chiefs relevant and the Chargers too. Marty Schottenheimer will not be forgotten, but it would have been nice if he had been remembered while he was still alive. All right, that'll do it for me and Scott Bogman. Hope you enjoyed the show, but the story of the game goes on. For Scotty B, I'm Joe Pizzapia. We'll see you next time, kids. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.